0: You are listening to EE e. Entrepreneurs, where we meet the engineers who turn their passions into business ventures with innovations that benefit people and the planet. Hi, I'm Amy Kelnaskis, an editor with EE e. World and When we talk about inspiration leading to innovation, which can sometimes lead to entrepreneurship, well, I can't think of a better example than today's guest, Avi Aron. After all, Google his name and the running theme of returns are the man that invented tech to cure his inoperable brain tumor. Innovation, yeah, but whoa, that's also motivation at a whole new level. Avi is a great example of an EE entrepreneur having founded and led disruptive companies targeting unmet needs. This includes VisionSense, which he launched after inventing the only small-diameter, 3D HD visualization system that supports HDIR fluorescence. Okay, I've got it in layman's terms. Miniature surgical stereoscopic cameras for minimally invasive brain surgery. His inspiration for founding VisionSense, as we will learn, was more along the lines of desperation after several unsuccessful surgeries to remove a life-threatening brain tumor. And now, Avi is leading a new Israeli long-term investment firm called Joy Ventures that invests in science-based consumer products, offering stress reduction and mood alteration. Joy Ventures does not simply offer financial support. Avi also acts as a mentor to those startups as they move all the way from idea to production, or for as long as they need him. Think of it as an entrepreneur for entrepreneurs. Avi travels quite a bit between continents, so we were fortunate to catch up with him at New Jersey's Newark Airport. And because overcoming a life-threatening brain tumor is not a phrase you hear often, and going from there to launching a startup to launching an investment firm is also not something you hear often, we asked him to tell his story. In the context of those brain surgeries I just mentioned in the intro, I was wondering how you go from a serious, life-threatening experience to an invention. I mean, most people would simply accept their fate and not use what energy or time they have left to invent something to try and change it. I also wanted to know how Avi's technical background influenced his next steps.
1: Thanks for the introduction that I really do not deserve. Vision Sense took it to a real extreme where... After a lot of learning of, uh, you know, biology, anatomy, uh, neuroscience, neurosurgery, and flying all the way from Israel to New York to have a surgery, and, you know, the surgery took two days, was shown on CNN with six months of recuperation, I would say, hardly surviving. And after another year of recuperation back in Israel, I realized that the surgeon did not resect all the tumor, and that he did not have the technology, and I felt like I'm doomed, okay? I mean, even the best surgeon in the world can't save me. And this horrible frustration of not sleeping for weeks led me, it's, it's pure luck, nothing else, to start again researching, you know, to understand why don't, you know, to learn about the brain and the way to perceive stereoscopic vision and why to companies like ZEISS, why couldn't they miniaturize their gigantic stereoscopic microscope and there of course the part that I was an electrical engineer and had a semiconductor background did definitely help me invent a solution I mean later on after I invented of course there is lots of inspiration and even up to date I I'm, I'm volunteering and helping patients on, on a personal basis and I'm going out of my way and I think everything you know sounds very inspiring but it really did not begin that way it, it, it was just uh, basic desire of an animal to survive, nothing else.
0: To interject a little bit, Avi, and for our audience, you have this brain tumor, and the reason that you needed something as like a miniature surgical stereoscopic camera is because, if I understand correctly, the surgeons, after the first surgery, by the way, audience obviously had three, was not able to get the entire tumor. Is that correct? Because he, he could not see at the level he needed to see in order to extract all of it. Is that correct?
1: First of all, I had four surgeries. Oh, four. Four, four. Okay. Four, you know, you, you, you pay for three, you get four. <laughs> um, so I had one in New York with the top surgeon, later on two in Germany, and then later on one in Israel over a period of six years. My tumor was deep inside the skull, to be exact, it was like exactly in the middle of the brain. And the issue is that the surgeon would have to pay his way through healthy tissue to reach the the tumor. And now there is the trade-off between saving the patient from the tumor, but on the other hand, creating various symptoms. And in my case... The approach was transcalosa to the corpus callosum.
0: Obviously, neurosurgery is no small feat, and as Avi mentioned, his tumor sat within the corpus callosum, which is a bundle of nerve tissues that connects the two halves of the brain. It's the neural tissue that facilitates communication between the right and left hemisphere. I asked Avi about some of the potential complications of that type of procedure. For instance, is paralysis a genuine concern in these types of cases? The symptoms
1: or Complications would be hemiparesis, I mean, being not having control of one leg and one hand, having seizures, epilepsy, and suffering some cognitive impairment. It was just intolerable from my perspective, and this is why I seeked a different surgical approach. The neurosurgeon that needs to work extremely accurately in space, in the 3D space, must use stereoscopic vision to not only enhance the understanding, but also the hand-eye coordination. And the issue was that when dealing with a deep-seated tumor, the opening, the bigger opening to enjoy the stereoscopic vision would basically, uh, might even kill the the patient. And this is why he said he he, he resected a part of the tumor He didn't even know that he left residual behind. And he told me to really resect everything. I must have some miniature stereoscopic vision device. You're lucky. It's benign. Wait five years. Someone will invent and uh, come back. I'll operate on you again. I mean, he thought he was kind. Once I heard it, I knew my life is over. Finish. I mean, what do you do? You continue your graduate student, you know? You continue with your crazy life in startups or just take time off? I don't know, and wander around East Asia and and enjoy life till you fall dead one day. What do you do? Do you get married with the love of your life? Or do you tell her, I'm sorry, we need to separate because I can't trust myself. You basically live in horrible uncertainty on a daily basis. You one day wake up with a horrible headache and you tell yourself, here it is, I'm dead, okay? Why didn't I listen to surgeons? And that was my life for years, horrible uncertainty. The frustration led to the research and led to the development.
0: Today, when we talk about technologies and electronics engineering and talk about wellness, a lot of it is about using devices to monitor your heart rate, or it's eating the right food, or it's a number of combination of things. But you talk about technology for neurological wellness. Can you talk to us more about that?
1: Thanks. So maybe just to close the loop, with VisionSense, we developed extremely sophisticated technology, customized our own CCDs, our own CMOSes, and designed and you. A manufacturing method with the fabs to manufacture the nano-optics. And of course, there was a lot of both analog and digital and lots of signal processing, image processing, and then visualization technologies. Just name it. It was like too many technologies for a startup. And these took years to develop, and, and the cost was in the tens of millions, obviously. And while helping thousands and thousands of patients I realized that most of them, unfortunately, will eventually die. And after learning many alternative, mostly Asian medicines in the last 20 years, again, starting as either a curious or desperate human being, I learned more and more uh, the role of the spirit and the mind in the ability to heal because the surgeon does not heal us. He basically resects the symptom of the disease and, and trying to help or even helping hundreds and hundreds of patients and, and being curious again, I, I saw it over and over again that the patients that had positive attitude that were more optimistic etc generally speaking lived either stayed alive or lived longer and better. I mean you know we all know that that there is some role of the spirit but as engineers, it's difficult for us to accept something that is not fully scientifically proven but let's say that we all know that we will develop a disease only when we can let's say if we have a very tough project we will develop the disease only when we finished or when we have some tough exam right i mean the body always waits and and we hear stories about the grandmother dying on the day of the wedding of the grand whatever granddaughter grandson right and and I'm always curious to understand what is the role of the spirit and how can I now learn this mechanism, quantify, systemize it, and duplicate it in a technological manner so it would have scientific, repeatable performance and results.
0: Avi, how did those experiences and your exploration into the potential synergy between spirit and technology lead you to start Joy Ventures?
1: With Joy Ventures, I've basically, I'm trying to develop a new field. We call it neuro wellness, but this term is is like ill-defined. It's basically allowing us to develop neuro resilience, better cope with uh, modern stressors, okay? I mean... Some of us suffer too much anxiety. Some of us suffer too much fear. Some of us suffer or go through too much anger during the day. With the great technology comes the price. I mean, it significantly intensified our lives and it does not give us a minute of break. So with these intensified emotions, our body utilizes the sympathetic system, the fight-or-flight mode System too much and it secretes these hormones that basically allow us to be much sharper and much stronger, you know, whether it's to fight the lion or, or run away or whatever. But the issue is that now we activate the system not because of a lion chasing us, but because the boss was angry at us or because we looked at the watch and we were stressed out because we were late for an important meeting or because, you know, of, of 10,000 other reasons that we incur during the day. I mean, even if you understand it, we're not going to become now a Bedouin in the desert and disconnect. So so my big challenge as a human being that lives through, I mean, I would not say stressful, but definitely a very, very full and, and busy schedule is how can I do all that without stressing myself? How can I recognize when do I get stressed? What are the stressors? Because different people would have different stressors And the most important, how can I now develop mechanisms to manage this stressor completely different? Now, we all know that all of our body is plastic, meaning if we exercise, our muscles will get stronger. And same goes for the brain. Any operation or thought that we repeat over and over again will create a plastic effect, which is called neuroplasticity. Thus, it will become automatic.
0: I'm sure what Avi says here about stress and health sound uncomfortably familiar to a lot of us. So I wanted to know how Joy Ventures, an investment firm, fits into this vision of neuro-wellness.
1: So with Joy Ventures, knowing that everything is personal, we will, A, support the development. And again, these are startups I'm talking about as if I'm now one of the startups. So A, to monitor the relevant personal Emotions and and these obviously differ, you know. On Sunday they would differ from a Monday. At work they would differ from home. They would differ from when when we're commuting, etc. So then through fun events, and this is why it's called joy through joyous events, because people have no time for anything; they're too busy. But they always have time to have fun. Okay. So by learning the brain, the user learning what's fun for them. Okay. Through funnification, uh, we will basically allow them to pass these neuroplastic um, mechanisms and and gradually revise the way they think and perceive these stressors. Okay, so it's basically developing neural resilience, just like we have uh, an immune system against germs. We will have a better neuroimmune system against these, whether it's thoughts or people or whatever, you know, depresses our immune system and causes in the long term to develop illnesses.
0: No, I I get that. I think the the knee-jerk reaction from a lot of people is when you start talking about mapping emotions in the same sentence with technology, it's not like you can use like a a signal analyzer on that, right? So I I think a lot of it has to do with Western medicine because the only way we normally think about things is just treating individual symptoms. It sounds to me that you are trying to make a closer connection between emotions and technology in a a very scientific way. I do think that there's going to be a lot of education that's going to be necessary for people to make that connection. Do you feel that way or do you think it will make sense? It will be something of a linear path and that there will be startups who will fall into this bucket that Joy Ventures is looking at that will actually innovate something that's it's just never been thought of before. And maybe we're not even thinking of it in the context of, sounds like emotional medicine. I'm being the devil's advocate and the skeptic out there.
1: Yeah, so very interesting, excellent question, Amy, because I thought the same. And I must admit that now, after, I mean, I, I've been cooking this thing for probably two years. I'm really surprised that whoever I explain it to, and typically I, I explain it in, in a more simpler fashion, they get it, mm-hmm. they want to join, they want to help, okay? So, you know me, instead of thinking, wow, this is great, I'm, I'm thinking, oh my God, it's too late. Because with all my previous startups... Whenever I explained, people told me I don't need, this is not correct, it's not going to work, and then I knew I'm, I'm on the right path. So, in this <laughs> case, seriously, I don't know many people in the Western civilization that don't suffer from chronic stress, and thanks to Western medicine that keeps us alive, and we will easily live till the age of 100, we will all be a great business for the pharmaceuticals because you know that even now look at people that are sixty, seventy, eight years old, they have a list of so many different drugs that they're taking on a daily basis that it's scary. And and I'm I'm not looking to extend life. I'm sorry, I'm looking to enhance the quality of life. For my perspective it's inconceivable that eight percent of the population in the US suffer from depression. That eighteen percent Suffer from anxiety it's to me it's painful, and as a technologist, i 'm asking myself, what can I do to help them? It's just unfair you know that they and, and they continue doing tomorrow what they did yesterday, and they have no control of their life
0: so do you see that? Perhaps the startups and Joy Ventures, is that where you kind of want them, the place that you want them to be thinking in and to be working in?
1: I would answer in two different ways. A, Joy Ventures will only support scientific-based solutions, okay? So basically, it's scientific-based neuro-wellness solutions. And in addition to investing in companies, we're also allocating $1.2 million annually to support uh, research. We provide, we provide research grants, etc. So I want to work very closely with Academy and I hope to basically develop a new kind of ecosystem between Academy and industry in the field of neuro-wellness. I think of course you'd always have skeptics. And, and if I may, I'm, I'm skeptical myself. I love skepticism. I think it only yields better products, okay? I love competition. It will yield better results. But we, we will have I mean every startup that we will support will either have on their own or we will support this research to provide the needed evidence. I mean, just like Western medicine is evidence based, all of the companies that Joy will support will be evidence based. And, and and of course I'm I'm I, I owe my life to Western medicine, okay? It's just too late. I think it's not fair to come to the doctor when we have already developed the disease and expect him or her to cure us, okay? So what I want is to create, it's like personalized, and it's pre-predictive medicine, okay? But because I'm not sick, it shouldn't be called medicine, so we called it neuro-wellness, right? Uh, okay. but basically exactly that. So learning the person, learning the emotions, and allowing them to improve their resiliency. And let's say that if we lived in China, if we live even now in a village in China, we would go every week to the doctor, right? That's preventative medicine. We would spend two hours with him, and he would tell you, Amy, you need to eat more fruit, eat less vegetables, you should sleep on your left side, you should change the socks, I don't know, change the color of your shirt, whatever, okay? And he would eventually gradually trim and tweak the way you live, and and you'll stay healthy, and you, you'd pay him. And if you get sick, he would treat you without pay. Okay, so this is the old preventative medicine. And and the issue is that we, in modern times, just don't have the time to take off. Okay, so doctors don't practice preventative. Okay, And, and I think it's unfair. And it's unfair because we, the technologists, did not provide them the proper data so they could practice, again, based on data. Okay, because... All medicine is, is evidence based. So, we as technologists need to develop the evidence on the emotional layer that futuristic physicians would be able to practice this field. Now, I don't know, maybe the futuristic physician will not be a human. Maybe it will not, maybe it will be a robot. Maybe we'll not have to go to the clinic. Maybe we could do it from our, our mobile phone or maybe the f- mobile, whatever, will be. Already in our body. I don't know. But this is something that we as, engineer, as engineers must address because if we don't do that, no one will. Relating to adoption, of course, any adoption will be slow and it's fine. And when you're developing any new technology, you begin with the lowest hanging fruits, you know, with the sub segments and the verticals that have a, a stronger desire or maybe despair to use your product. And as time goes by, the product gets better and cheaper and more people adopt it that relates to any technology Uh, you remember the cell phone that motorola brought you know introduced 30 years ago you remember cars you know 4t and ec now and and look at automatic gears and i can continue on and on and on you know that whatever took a decade in the past will now take two years so everything because of technology happens so fast cycles have been shortened and are shortened significantly
0: so Avi, when you when you were looking for investment in your for VisionSense, and you had the brain tumor at the time, the investors were probably thinking, "Yeah, I don't think so because you're not going to live long enough." Do you feel with that? That Joy Ventures? Is is, pardon a, me. A a a
1: a, a a a a They were not willing to fund me because I had the ticking bomb in my brain. <laughs> this is 1B. When I went to medical investors, they told me this is too technological. And when I went to technological VCs, they told me this is too medical. So I had no one to talk with. You know, it was uh, really like a, a desert. Maybe
0: Joy Ventures is the water in that desert for other startups. Would that be a correct statement? I, I, I
1: love the description, but I would say more than that. Not only that we're the water, we're also promoting, okay, not only by you know providing the grants, we will also host lots of meetups and hackathons and makeathons. And we will host various technologies, not, not just neuro-wellness, in the hope to gradually introduce the concept of neuro-wellness to technologists. And, and I, I am certain I, and I trust people will get excited and, and some of them will start developing. And I'm also, I mean, what what I do now is, in a, is I spend a lot of time with entrepreneurs basically polishing their ideas, polishing their strategy. Okay, so becoming a real partner to making this happen. I I don't expect someone to come over with a completely polished strategy or product. That's fine. That's my job. I'm here to serve.
0: Are you still guiding them or... How does that work afterwards? So firstly, how does someone approach Joy Ventures, if, if they've got an idea?
1: So that's the easiest part. You just enter joyventures.com and uh, <laughs> you'll send an email. And, okay, and quest- is-
0: okay, that was easy. Second mm-hmm. co- part of that question.
1: <laughs> Joy Ventures is not a VC, okay? It's a long-term fund. I do not have to return profits after seven years. Uh, what I'm trying to do is to build a new industry, and I'm here for the next... 20 years at least and I'm, I'm well backed by strategic investors so my whole point is not to invest and incubate for months or a few years we will fund as long as the com- again as long as it makes sense but as long as the company needs it, still breaking even and profiting there is a very serious and long term commitment of Joy Ventures to this field now I will coach and assist the entrepreneur as long as they wish, I'm here to serve And once they tell me, Avi, we don't need you, I'll be as happy as could be because that means that I did a good job, right? And they grew and they're independent. What I'm trying to do is basically to sprout the field of neuro-wellness with as many companies, entrepreneurs, ideas, research, etc., to reach some critical mass. And and after that, I hope and believe you'd have other investors and other companies, etc., and then they won't need me anymore. That will be considered by me as a success. And seeing in 10 years people that can now better manage and handle their chronic stress, because we all know that in 10 years life will become even more intensive and more stressful, that, that will be my, my my reward.
0: Well, let's hope those sprouts take root, and we see a proliferation of these neuro-wellness types of companies. I do want to ask you, Avi, one question that I'm asking all of the folks that I talk to is what advice would you give to budding engineering entrepreneurs? If you could just give them one or two sentences to hold on to as they're working through the process.
1: I will disappoint you, Amy. So <laughs> A, I, I don't like to give advice. I don't think people listen to advice typically. And even when I, I don't teach, okay, I allow people to learn that I think is the right way to go. I can convey a few things, definitely as someone who hardly survived my brain tumor, that I understand that A, life is short and you never know, no one has a guarantee. I always thought, you know, I will be eight years old, I'll have my grandchild sitting on my lap and he'll be asking me, Granddad, what did you do and what will I tell him? I made millions, that's not interesting, you know, What I'm going to take them to my grave. I improved Wi-Fi. I mean, who cares? You know, but if I'll tell him, look, I saved lives, I improved the quality of life, I helped develop a system that helps people relax, I mean, this for me is very meaningful. It's also very painful when you look at the amount of resources and engineers that are dedicated to to health and wellness. I mean, this is like a small fraction of the overall that relate to IT, etc. I'm, I'm not here to tell anyone what to do, but I would love to support and help and coach whoever wants to do something more meaningful and, and help human beings.
0: I can say personally, every day in my job, I get information about the fastest, the lowest power, and you know how it, your house is going to be smart and your car is going to be smart. Um, an earlier uh, interviewee, Ron Nog, who I understand you have worked with on his startup BioAlert said, so what? So what? The fact that I'm, I'm having so few of these conversations really tells a story and sets that landscape where there aren't enough of these incredibly bright engineers who are working on this. So I couldn't agree more. Avi, I have to tell you, and seriously, no pun intended, it, it was a true joy to speak with you. And I hope everyone walks away with emotion and the motivation that i've got right now thank you so much thanks for what you're doing we hope that perhaps the companies that you're working with with joy ventures will also be guests on our show in the near future
1: amy thank you so much you i'm sure you could see the smile on my face and i'm really (laughs) here to serve and uh, thank you for for the opportunity to give a talk in your wonderful podcast
0: best of luck with everything we're behind you We were speaking with Avi Yaron. I'm Amy Kalnaskis, and you've been listening to EE Entrepreneurs from EE World and WTWH Media. Join me for more episodes as we uncover the human stories behind the engineering successes that make a difference.